So here we go. Ready? Plant generously. Serve joyfully. Stand firmly. Look eagerly. And love always. Now, we're going to try to remind us of these things. But, you know, regardless of how we could possibly get you fired up to do these things, nothing will equip you to do these and actually carry them out to God's honor and glory unless we learn the principle that Solomon learned and shared with us through the book of Ecclesiastes. He really comes down and we get the cleft notes, so to speak. We get the summary of the book of Ecclesiastes in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13, where he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So he has he shared with us throughout this book all these things that he's tried and it ended up empty, it ended up vain, it ended up not satisfying. And he said, so what is the conclusion of all these things? And this is it. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it is good or evil. The bottom line that Solomon said, here is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. The fear of the Lord. There are more than 150 references directly to fearing God. Then if you take um, examples of the fear of the Lord coming upon people, there's another 150. There's over 300 references that deal with this aspect of the fear of the Lord. It's okay. The whole duty of man, my whole responsibility, the bottom line responsibility that I have is to fear God. And if I fear God, I will plant generously. I will serve joyfully. I will stand firmly. I will look eagerly. I will love always. But if I don't learn to fear God, I may begin planting generously but I'm not going to keep doing it. I may stand firmly for a while, but I'll be doing it in the flesh. It is the fear of God that gives the strength to do all of these that will produce fruit. So we want to look today at what does it mean to fear the Lord? Just... Over and over again in my years, in understanding that it comes back to this. The Christian life is not complicated. We said that last week. We've said it often. But it is not easy. And at the same time, it comes down to these basic things. As a follower of Christ... I need to understand what the fear of the Lord is, and then I need to walk in the fear of the Lord. A definition that 
kind of has been modified, put together with others' definition, is the fear of the Lord is a healthy respect for God's authority and character as well as a wholesome dread of disobeying God. So it is a a healthy respect that I understand God is the supreme authority. And I respect His authority. I respect His character. He is holy, separate from sin. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. So I have a, a healthy respect for this. And I also have a wholesome dread. Not a dread that, that drives me into it's helpless and hopeless, but it's a wholesome dread that drives me to the heart of God that I do not want to disobey you. After all you have done for me, after you giving your son that we just remembered at Christmas to forgive my sins and give me a home in heaven, the last thing I want to do is disobey you because you are right in all your ways. And this involves, this fear of the Lord involves all of my being. It involves my thoughts, my words, my attitudes, and my actions. To understand a great respect for God's authority and His character, as well as a wholesome aversion, a wholesome dread that God, in my thoughts, I do not want to dishonor you. In my words, I do not want to to, um, disregard you. I don't want to uh, shame you. In my attitudes, I do not want to displease you. And in my actions. So that is a basic definition. The fear of the Lord basically involves three things. We've already touched on one of them. It involves a proper view of the nature and character of God. It involves a proper view of the nature and character of God. Where do I get a proper view of the nature and character of God? Only from the Word of God. I, I thank God for good Christian materials, but I don't care who the author is. There is no substitute for the Word of God. And just because you buy something at a Christian bookstore doesn't mean it is biblical. Just because you order something from a Christian website doesn't mean it gives an accurate picture of the nature and character of God. Do you understand? We individually can only have an accurate picture of the character and nature of God as we go to the Word of God. Some of you have just begun reading through the... um, the Bible again on our two-year reading plan, and there should be some schedules back there if you want to get in on it. It's not something to do just to say, look it, I read through the Bible. It, we read the Bible to know God. We read the Bible and, and we see this, this aspect of his character, and wow, this is something that God really likes, and this is something that he dislikes. This is something that he 
invites us and, and commands us to do. This is something that he says, no, this is how he dealt with the people then. This is how he deals with people now. It, it involves a view of the nature and character of God that we can only get from the Bible. So that's why we, we continually, are you in the Word, and, and urge you to read the Bible. Because the fear of the Lord is the whole duty of man. I am not going to fear God if my view of God is always oh, a smiling old man up there that everything is wonderful. I'm not going to have a proper view of God if, if I make up my own or I, I get it from other people I must get it from the Word of God. The fear of the Lord involves a proper view of the nature and character of God. Secondly, it involves a pervasive awareness of the presence of God. Psalm 139. The psalmist said, Where can I go from your presence, O Lord? He said, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand is, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me. He said, the darkness shall not hide me from you. Wherever you go... God is already there. You understand the fear of the Lord involves a pervasive awareness of God's presence. That God is with me. He knows every detail about my life. And He is very present. Think about that. Think if if today when you walked out this door... God actually showed up in person and said, Hey, I'm going to spend this next week with you. And he, he's going to be fully aware of every one of our thoughts, every one of our words, every one of our attitudes, and every one of our actions. What would it change about our week? What would it change about... The fact is, he's already with us. He is fully aware of this. He knows every detail about us. Hugh Latimer was a preacher, and he was preaching one day in the presence of King Henry VIII. He said, as I got up to speak, I said to myself, Latimer, Latimer, remember the king is here. Be careful what you say. He said, then it hit me. And I said, Latimer, Latimer, remember the king of kings is here. Be careful what you do not say. Latimer's unflinching faithfulness eventually led him to be burned at the stake because he feared God more than he feared man. And burned at the stake 
to hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful. He was fully aware of the presence of God much more than the presence of the king. And he let that dictate his actions. The fear of the Lord involves a proper view of the nature and character of God. It involves a pervasive awareness of the presence of God. And thirdly, it involves a constant sense of our obligation to God. We in America have been richly blessed. But to whom much is given, much is required. We have a great obligation to God. Not only as Americans, but as believers. We have received the greatest gift ever given in receiving Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And we have a sense of obligation. We have a debt that we cannot pay. It is our our reasonable service, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, that we give him our body, our soul, our mind. That's reasonable. The fear of the Lord involves a constant sense of our obligation to God that I, I am forever indebted to God. And he deserves my best. So the fear of the Lord is a healthy respect for his authority and character as well as a wholesome dread of disobeying God. And it involves a proper view of the character and nature of God, an an awareness of the presence of God, and a constant sense of our obligation to God. Let me just quickly list why should I fear God? Number one, God has all power and authority. Have you ever had or have you ever done to someone you're driving at night and you know who's ahead of you and you come up behind them and flash the lights on them or something like that? Any of you ever done anything like that? Really, none of you have ever done? There's a few more hands coming up. Now, when you know the person behind you is your buddy doing that, you just laugh and, yeah, yeah, you know, or, or I've done it following people home from church and at my turn off, I'll just flash the lights and it's like saying, see you later, you know, and turn off to my road and they keep going. Sometimes kids will do it like coming up and flashing the lights and maybe they'll even have a... Uh, little siren red light on there or something like that. I won't ask for a raise of hands who's done that. But if you know it's a buddy, it's no big deal. What's the big deal when the patrolman flashes his lights, huh? Why? He has authority, doesn't he? The buddy has no authority, can't do anything. Sometimes you'll run into a patrolman. You ever run into one that goes like that? Why are they doing that? Keep the hands on the wheel. I thought, no. They're warning you, 55 is the speed limit, right? And you say, thank you. But they have the authority when those lights come on and he pulls you over 
you think, ooh, man. He has the authority he can do to me. He has the power. Do you understand? God has all power and authority, and he can do anything that he wants. It is a, it is a fearful thing to be called into a court of law to be prosecuted or to give a testimony or to be on a jury it is a it is a powerful thing and when the judge brings down a decision it carries some weight but god is the judge he has all power he has all authority And I understand in realizing this that we ought to fear him. One time many years ago, the king of Hungary found himself depressed and unhappy, and he sent for his brother. His brother was a good-natured, rather indifferent prince. And the king said to him, He said, I am a great sinner and I fear to meet God. But the prince only laughed at him. It didn't help the king's disposition any. And though he was a believer, the king had gotten a glimpse of his own guilt, of his own sin, and the way he'd been living lately. And he seriously wanted help and his brother gave him no help. In those days, it was customary if the executioner sounded a trumpet in front of a man's door at any hour of the day or night, it was a signal that he was to be led to his execution. So the king sent for the executioner in the middle of the night and sent him to sound the fateful blast at his brother's door. When that trumpet sounded, his brother realized the horror of what was happening. He quickly dressed and stepped to the door. He was seized by the executioner and dragged pale and trembling before the king. In agony and terror, he fell on his knees before his brother and and begged him, What have I done to offend you? And the king said, My brother, if the sight of a human executioner can cause you to tremble such as this, I have grievously offended God, and I tremble before him. We tremble before human powers. Sad to say, we don't tremble much before the power of God. God has all power and authority. Our times are in His hand, meaning how long we live is in His hand. Our judgment is in His hand. We 
understand all power and authority is his. Secondly, God knows and sees everything. We mentioned Psalm 139, the verses previous to what we read. The psalmist said, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. You understand my thought afar off. You understand my way. You are acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my mouth, O Lord, but what you know it all together. He sees and knows everything. The person that is closest to you still does not know every detail about your life. We can live very private lives. We can have things in our minds And yet God sees and knows everything. That's why we ought to fear him. Thirdly, we should fear the Lord because all blessings come from God. We as Christians do not fear God in order to earn his blessings. We fear him because of who he is and what he has done. And we understand every blessing that I have is from God. And understand that the Lord gives, as Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. To understand the Lord is given, but today he may take away. To have a healthy respect for God's authority and power. That's part of the fear of the Lord. God, thank you that you've given me this responsibility. Thank you that you've given me this gift. And then why should I fear the Lord? Because I will answer to God. You understand, someday every one of us will stand before God and no one else. It is us and God, one on one. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. And I fear, um, I fear for people that have not truly trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sin to be separated from God for all eternity. And I also fear for believers that are just content, oh, I've trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sin. And yet we are going to answer to God for what we have done with this gift that he's given to us. To be saved so as by fire, it says. To see our life work gone up and disappear in, in flames, so to speak, as, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. To fear the realization that I am going to answer to God. To be called before him. The bottom line, fear God and keep his commandments. Let me just quickly list for you. When there is no fear of God, what happens? We are living in a day today and it's mind-boggling the things that are going on. And we say, how can this stuff be? The bottom line is there is no fear of God. When there is no fear of God, number one, there is great lack of wisdom. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
We, we are smarter today than we've ever been, but we are more foolish than we've ever been. We, we have all this technology. We can do all these things, but we don't know how to balance a budget. And I'm not talking the government. I'm talking we as people. We, we can't figure out cause and effect. Where there is no fear of God, there is no wisdom, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, to have genuine wisdom, to have that which is, is right and truth, and that which endures, and that which benefits, it must be founded on the fear of the Lord. Where there is no fear of God, there is a great lack of wisdom. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's days I just shake my head and think, how, honestly, people think that's going to work? I mean, we don't have time to go into it. Secondly, when there is no fear of the Lord, there is no maturity in salvation. There are people that come to know Christ. They come to realize, I am a sinner. I have violated God's laws. I need His forgiveness. And only Jesus Christ can forgive me. And they come to receive His forgiveness. But they don't grow in their faith. There is no fear of the Lord. And when they should be growing, they're not. There is no fear of the Lord. And um, in... The same problem was in the New Testament time. Paul wrote to them and he said in Philippians chapter 2, Dearly beloved, as, as I have always obeyed, not as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation, meaning let it work out of you, with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God has given us the gift of salvation. Let it have a thorough work in us. Let it affect how I respond to people. Let it affect how I respond to correction. Let it affect how I, my attitude and my words. And do that with fear and trembling. When there is no fear of God, there is a great lack of wisdom. There is no maturity in salvation. There is no courage for suffering. No courage that took Hugh Latimer to speak the truth, even if it meant he'd be burned at the stake. Why was he able to have that courage? Because he feared God, not man. When there is no fear of God, Number four, and this, this explains the day that we're living in. When there is no fear of God, evil abounds. It, it doesn't matter what laws are implemented. It doesn't matter whether they take all the guns or give guns to everyone. Where there is no fear of God, 
evil abounds. By the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 16.6 says, men depart from evil. In Romans chapter 3, we're familiar with verse 10. There is none righteous, no, not one. We're familiar with verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God is painting a picture of evil. He says that, that their tongue is an open sepulcher. Their feet run swift to destruction. The ways of peace are not in them. And then he concludes his discussion of this by saying, There is no fear of God before their eyes. You want to put a description on our society today? There is no fear of God. And when there is no fear of God, evil abounds. And it doesn't matter who gets elected. It doesn't matter what laws are made. Until we fear God, evil will abound. When there is no fear of God, a nation becomes a victim of its own wickedness. I mean, it's almost like we're reading about today, but in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 19... God, and and here's God's character and His nature. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 19, in, in bringing judgment against Israel, your own wickedness will correct you and your backslidings will rebuke you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God and the fear of me is not in you, says the Lord God. He said, your own evil will rebuke you. A nation becomes a victim of its own wickedness. Number six, a nation will have an unjust legal system. Will have an unjust legal system when there is no fear of God. Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 23, he, he says, this is how I work. But he said, but this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God, who gives rain both the former and latter in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. They have grown fat. They are sleek. Yes, they surpass the deeds of the wicked. They do not plead the cause, the cause of the fatherless. He said, therefore, I shall punish them because they do not fear me. They do not bring justice to those in desperate need of justice. And God guarantees that when there is no fear of God, a nation will become a victim of its own wickedness. It will have an unjust legal system. And seventh, a nation's wealth will be controlled by other nations. Read Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 43 and verse 44. I don't have the facts and figures, but you would be astounded to know how much of our land, just the land in the United States, is owned by foreign countries. You would would be amazed to know how much of the resources 
of uh, the monies invested are owned by foreign countries. And let me tell you, based on the Word of God, it's going to get worse unless we come back to fear God. The fact is, I can't make our nation fear God, but I can make me fear God. Tonight we're going to look at it. The psalmist said, teach me to fear you, O Lord. It's something that you learn. And we're going to, we're going to go over how we can learn to fear the Lord. Listen, we, we ought, as believers, we ought to be on our faces before God. The trumpet of the executioner has sounded. If you can't see that in our land, the trumpet of the executioner has sounded. And to fear God and say, God, I want to stand firmly for you. God, I want to serve joyfully in the midst of this. God, I am looking eagerly because you are my all in all. The bottom line The bottom line is fear God and keep His commandments. I can't make, as I said, I can't make my family fear God. I can't make the nation fear God. I can't make anyone else fear God, and neither can you. But I can make sure I fear God. And that is the whole duty of man. Heavenly Father, I pray today that we would be brought to a fresh realization of who you are, that you are to be greatly respected, that you are to be feared, and Lord, that our thoughts and our words and our attitudes and actions would be controlled by your presence of realizing you are right here. And Lord, I pray that we would fear you and not man. Lord, I pray if there are individuals here today who have never called upon you for the forgiveness of sin, help them to realize that already the the judgment of you rests upon them and can only be removed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for we as believers here today that, that we would come to fear you and honor you through our lives through our thoughts, through our all. Lord, thank you that you've given us warnings. Thank you that you've painted pictures for us of who you are. And Lord, thank you that you are worthy of all praise, that you are worthy to be feared, and that we can joyfully fear you. May that be true in our lives I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.